Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner and I use they, them pronouns. Uh, it's People's Choice episode once again! Woo! And this week the people have decided and it is Fillmore. Uh, what, what is Fillmore? I'm sorry, I've never watched a single minute of Fillmore in my life. You've never watched Fillmore. I never watched Fillmore. What what happened? I think just the timing was wrong, because when did Fillmore come out? It was around the same time that you got, like, Kim Possible, and, like, that era of the Disney Channel. See, okay, that's odd, because I watched Kim Possible. I know that much. God, you're weird. (laughs) <laughs> well, we've established this. Okay. So anyway, Fillmore is an animated television series running from September 2002 to January 2004 for a total of 26 episodes. An animated homage to 1970s cop shows produced by the Disney Channel for ABC Kids. This show featured safety officers Cornelius Fillmore and Ingrid Third cracking cases around middle school. Many episodes also parody various films and television series, including Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> okay, then. Yeah, it's one of those uh, canceled before its time for one of the very reasons that it makes it so good. The entire premise rests on smartly parroting a genre that children wouldn't be familiar with, like Freakazoid before it, the watching demographics skewed older than desired, and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, that's the premise of Fillmore as according to TV Trips, um, and it was a fantastic series that, yeah, I am surprised that you missed, because it was great. It sounds like something that should have been, like, aimed at teens. That's what I'm going to fix about it. Okay. Yeah. Like, I feel like in general, it's a lot easier to aim cartoons at whatever demographic you want to these days. Yeah. Like, it came out when it was like, cartoons are for children, and children are cartoons. Mm -hmm. And if the cartoons aren't for children, then they're family guy. Yeah. And they're bad. (laughs) But these days, it's a lot easier. Like, you can say, this is a cartoon aimed at teens so that they could have nostalgia about being in grade school, but also are aware of the concepts that these kids are talking about. Or, you know, just set it in high school because melodrama. I, I almost feel like it's more funny if it's in an elementary school. Because then these, t- these children are way too precocious and knowledgeable <laughs> for anything that's happening. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah, was his so, partner a goth? Uh, yeah, she was a little goth, like pretty pale, dark hair, black, everything. Yeah, she's kind of like a a proto Georgia. Ah, from MFM. Yeah, from MFM. Okay, I'm just yeah. I know. See, I know what it looks like. I just never okay. saw an episode. Okay, man, you should find some episodes. They're great. Probably. Yeah. I shouldn't hype it too much because, you know, overhyping something can lead to disappointment. But, like, yeah. Maybe it'll come back on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. I can't wait to pirate everything on that network. Uh, Anyway, so what we're going to do is we're going to do a revival because, yeah, it only got two seasons and it needed a bit more. And there's so much other, like, mystery detective stuff that we can pull from. Oh, so this is, like, Fillmore or the high school years? 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking with moving them to high school, because then we get four extra years. Okay, so it's the sequel. Yeah. I don't want it to be too dark. I don't want to go down the Riverdale route. <laughs> oh, no. Even though I do love that dumpster fire. <laughs> God, what if Riverdale was an animated series, but also not a thing changed other than that? <laughs> oh my god, it would be so great. <laughs> <laughs> What if Riverdale was animated in the same style as Archie's Weird Mysteries? <laughs> oh my god. What if Riverdale was animated in the same style as Fillmore? Oh no. So, the characters are Cornelius Fillmore and Ingrid Thur. They always refer to each other by their last names. Cornelius Fillmore is a former delinquent. Uh, he reformed after being caught by his future partner, Wayne Liggett, who recruited him by giving him a choice between detention and helping out not with the case, choosing to help out, uh, he joined the force and the case was solved and remained with the safety patrol. He He's uh, quite thorough in his cases and he believes that the ends justified the means resulted in him breaking school property, results in him breaking school property on more than one occasion. I feel like law enforcement might be in better hands <laughs> if they just most of them were criminals who were recruited yeah and then Ingrid Third, uh Fillmore's partner she it was a new transfer student to X middle school who had a bit of a delinquent past herself as at her old school she was involved in an incident involving a stink bomb and a pinata <laughs> um, framed for I can imagine how that went down yeah <laughs> Framed for a crime that she didn't commit, Fillmore helped her out and recruited her to the force. She's claimed to be the smartest kid in school and has a photographic memory, which is a great help with uh, her work as a safety patrol officer. Okay, now you mentioned X Middle School. Is it just the letter X? Yeah, it's just the letter X. What? Because this is supposed to be set in like the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, so I guess the writers didn't want to name any particular school. Either on purpose or by accident. That just... <laughs> the X-Men put X in front of everything, but their actual school had a better name than just X Middle School. But I love it. <laughs> they can let it be whatever it, it has to be. It is like this giant middle school that has literally everything. Do they go to X High School? They're gonna go to X High School, yeah. <laughs> it's F High School. <laughs> So, yeah, a lot of the characters fill out a lot of different archetypes from cop and detective shows, like Junior Commissioner Horatio Vallejo, who is basically the chief. He frequently yells, Fillmore! <laughs> and, yeah, he's kind of like the tough older police captain. Older, in air quotes. You are yeah. all 13 years old. <laughs> uh, then there's Danny O'Farrell, who's kind of like the weird cloud cuckoo lander of the group as according to tv tropes o'farrell is more the comic relief of the show due to his comical actions and comments he tends to show a lack of intelligence towards most situations however he does have a big imagination and is able to produce certain knowledge about various topics such as diy photography hmm. so i guess if we're gonna put this into brooklyn 99 terms he'd be yeah brooklyn 99 doesn't really have a crime scene photographer I don't even know if they've even had, like, a one-shot character. Although, it would be amusing if one of the regular characters just became a crime scene photographer. 
But like personality wise, um, oh, what's his name? Charles? Yeah, Charles, maybe. Yeah. But Fillmore wouldn't be Peralta. Fillmore would be Holt. Yeah. <laughs> Fillmore would be Holt if Holt had a serious person. Well, he did kind of have a serious personality when he was a junior <laughs> detective. <laughs> and then Ingrid, maybe Diaz? Yeah, she's Diaz. Yeah. So then there's Karen Tehama. Or, yeah, Tehama. Uh, she's pretty much the... Um, She's like the profiler of the group. Uh, she provides the patrol with information surrounding the evidence. But yeah, she's the smart one of the group. She does like the profiling, the forensic stuff, that sort of stuff. Then there's Joseph Anza. He is kind of like the muscle of the group. He He's done bodyguard training. And he once easily strong-armed a protester into the safety patrol office. Uh, well, that's police brutality right there. Yeah. So, Jeff- Joseph Anza, turn in your badge and squirt gun. Yeah. Uh, Peter Chestnut, uh, for- the fourth Chestnut brother to join the safety patrol. Uh, he's following in the footsteps of his older brother, Robert. He's kind of the genius ditz because he's somewhat he's a somewhat clumsy field patroller, but is both a proficient pitch pipe player and was the... One who put together the clues leading him to learning that his brother was behind the disappearance of the lobster claws. Um, they have a lobster for their school mascot. <laughs> um, That's it. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs> and he also explains his deductions when uh, confronting his brother in a very logical way. You're giving up your dream, Peter. No, brother, I'm giving up yours. <laughs> The other frequent character to show up is uh, Dawn S. Folsom. She's the school principal, and she kind of acts more like a DA than as a regular principal. Also a bit of a large ham. She's constantly threatening to take over the safety patrol headquarters and transform it into a faculty yoga studio or a storage facility if they can't sell the case before a deadline she sets. I mean, for... Going off of what I know about what teachers have to deal with, they could probably use a yoga studio. <laughs> yeah, they probably could. And then there's a vice principal, Raycliffe, who is the number two guy, smart, but he kind of looks like a, like an old school G-man with a brush cut and glasses and suit. And there's various other students that show up. Wait, um, he's voiced by Jeff Probst? Yeah. As in host of Survivor, Jeff Probst? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I know, it's weird. It's hard to comprehend Jeff Probst. Okay, it's hard to comprehend any television host personality as doing anything but hosting unless they were an actor first and then washed out and became a TV host. <laughs> or were recruited by Ellen, which seems to be the other way you get into it these days. Yeah. And also, there is another school, uh, McLaughlin. McLaughlin uh, Middle School, which is where Wayne McLuhan. McLuhan, yeah. Ugh, God, I can't pronounce shit. Um, where Wayne Liggett, Fillmore's former partner, is now attending, and they basically have a similar structure, just with more uh, hillbilly stereotypes because they're in Tennessee. Oh, great. Yeah. But as I said, we're going to set this in high school because, yeah, we get four more years with these kids. Yep. And we can do a little bit more with them. Well, and also, most high schools don't have anything like a Hall Patrol 
Yeah, like, because so, <laughs> I think it's generally seen as not really needed anymore. So now they're all private investigators. Yes. <laughs> oh, this is just Veronica Mars now. <laughs> yeah. It's animated Veronica Mars. Like, I can visualize, like, they're either using a classroom that's not really used all that often, or they, like, commandeer some sort of closet as their office. I like both of those ideas. <laughs> I'm leaning towards the former, because um, it can be a class that's only used by one club, and the club only has, like, two members. <laughs> The anime club. I'm flashing back to high school when me and a friend tried to start a cribbage club. Oh, and we no. got the approval from teachers and everything, and we got a room, and we waited there for a whole lunch hour, and nobody showed up. Because why the hell would high schoolers care about cribbage? <laughs> Tanner, you realize that we are all darks. I mean, I'm... <laughs> I'm sure there are plenty of high schoolers who like cribbage, but, um... <laughs> Pretty sure our entire high school was jocks and theater nerds. Yeah, that was a really weird combo we got. And they all dated. Yeah. Glee was a lie. <laughs> there was a lot of crossover too. Yeah. It's it starts it starts when the teacher like recruits a bunch of footballers because none of the theater kids have arms strong enough to do lifts and the dance numbers. Then they find out they're sing or at least can sing well enough to be in the background, and all of a sudden, boom. <laughs> also, we had a whole bunch of guys who did Ukrainian dance, and yeah. That one I did not know about. Oh, don't you remember, like, our uh, grad dance? As soon as they put on Rasputin, they were all, they basically took over the floor. It was kind of crazy. I don't think that's Ukraine. I don't know if that was Ukrainian dance. I think yeah, that was. That was. Me- oh, it was? Yeah. Okay, I've never seen Ukrainian dance. Oh, really? Really. But you live on the prairies your entire life. How did you miss that? Well, how did I miss Fillmore? <laughs> Fillmore is a bit more missable because television? You were on the prairies. I was busy playing StarCraft. Oh, I was busy playing StarCraft and reading Animorphs. Okay. Did you ever go outside during middle school? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it now. <laughs> At least during my middle school here, so I was out in British Columbia with half-decent weather. You have to go outside sometimes because yeah. when the bear is in the school, you have to be not in the school. <laughs> the bears never got into the school. <laughs> Keep telling yourself that. <laughs> we had a bat fly into the school one time. That was an elementary school. <laughs> one day you're going to go there for like a nostalgia trip. And you're going to be like, why are all these iron bars on the doors? And they're going to be like, well, it's because the bears kept getting in. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe I'll just bring a bear with me to our high school reunion. Oh, God, that's next year. I'll, I'm just going to show up with an arm in arm and we're like, see, Lindsay, it is possible. Oh, God. And then the bear will go, because <laughs> it's a bear. It's not yeah. a euphemism. It's a bear. <laughs> This isn't some big hairy gay dude. This is like a literal bear. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, Fillmore in high school. Attending X high school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, they're private detectives now. And they're living out of like some disused classroom somewhere. Because this is one of those giant ass high schools. Elaborate University about. High. Yeah. 
<laughs> its two main competitors are like the elite private school and I uh, know wh- whatever most of the McLuhan kids end up going to. <laughs> Hicksville High. Yeah. Do you know there's an actual town in the states called Hicksville? I'm pretty sure it is in Tennessee. Yeah, I've heard about a Hicksville. Though it might have been named after someone. Oh, there's multiple Hicksvilles. Oh. There's one in Arkansas, there's one in Kentucky, there's one in New York, there's one in Ohio, and there's one in Virginia. <laughs> and Hicksville is also an early proposed name for the city of Hastings, New Zealand, which was built on land owned by Francis Hicks. Yeah, okay. So I'm guessing, like, all of the actual Hicksvilles are named after someone with the last name of Hicks. Probably. Oh, so Hicksville, Kentucky took me to Hicksville, or, uh... Mayfield, Kentucky, so I'm guessing it's a neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. The zoning. Yeah. Oh, God, zoning. It's the zoning, Fillmore. There's kids in here that we haven't even seen before. (laughs) They all came from different theater schools. You could even, oh, you could have someone like the teachers trying to gerrymander the zoning. Oh, yeah. That would definitely be the private school that, like, Looks looks at like the smartest kids in their neighborhoods, and then tries to manipulate the zoning lines so that like there's a whole bunch of kids in one neighborhood, and then there's like one house like way <laughs> off to the side. But because of the zoning laws, it technically they have to go to private school. Yeah, <laughs> the line literally goes down the middle of the street at one point. Oh, and I guess it wouldn't be a private school because private schools don't have zonings. But definitely like. A very upper-class hoity-toity school. It does yeah, have uniforms. A, like a charter school or something? or Yeah. Yeah, because they really threw a wrench to the American education system when it came to like where kids can go to school. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the Canadian system is any better because back when I was a wee small child, we moved to British Columbia. So due to the various zoning laws in place in the Cabotin Valley, I was supposed to go to this one school that was, yeah, nearby the house, but it was full, like full to capacity. Like the fire chief was like, no, we can't have any more kids in here in case of an emergency. There's a fire alarm and right beside it, there's a bear alarm. (laughs) You and the fucking bears in BC. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I went to this other school that was nearby in a different town But the problem was, if there were, like, a couple more kids who came, like, to the area and were within the zoning area, I could be kicked out in favor of one of those kids. So, for most of grade one and two, I was in a weird limbo state (laughs) until I could go to the school that I was supposed to be in because of the zoning rules. But then I got, like, the, my version of Professor Snape in grade two. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. I was out of that school by, like, November and homeschooled for the rest of the year. And then I went back to the previous school that I was going to. One of my grade two teachers did almost kill my friend with allergies. <laughs> oh, my God. Someone brought candy from another country that none of the ingredients were written in English. But oh, the teacher no. was like, well, they brought enough for everyone, so everyone gets the candy. Just give it to my friend. Friend started having an allergic reaction. And then the parents were like, why did you just hand out candy? You didn't even know what was in it. And like, well, he should have told us. I can't read the thing. It was a fucking teachers. These are the same teachers who tried to tell my dad I had a learning disability because I did math correctly, but not fast enough. Yeah, I remember you telling me about them. They were... I'm surprised your parents didn't take you out of that school. 
I don't know if that was an option necessarily. Okay. Yeah. In, in my case, my mom tried to petition the principal to move me into a different grade two class. And he was like, no. And then one thing led to another and the principal threatened to file a restraining order against my mom. Holy. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, okay, I'm taking my daughter and uh, fuck you. <laughs> oh, if I sign a restraining order against you first. <laughs> yeah. Later on, like way after Harry Potter happened and J.K. Rowling went down the route of, oh yeah, Snape was always a hero all the time. I'm like, I'm surprised that school didn't get more complaints about Snape alone. Yeah. <laughs> I never had to deal with teachers that bad again after, like there were teachers who were incompetent, but they weren't like dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> or a threat to my well-being necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the worst thing, the worst two things that happened was, um, I took woodworking one year in middle school, oh, and no. I, I was like, oh, it can't be too hard. It's just cut nails and and then together, boom, I made a box. Um, I was terrible at it. Yeah. So the next year, my parents were like, "What are you gonna take for your electives?" And I was like, "Well, probably anything except for construction, because that was terrible." <laughs> Okay. So I fill out my thing and I hand it into the office and I get my time table back and right there, like the first class, it says woodworking. <laughs> I immediately rush in the office and say, I did not sign up for woodworking. Like, well, you must have been there. Like, well, I didn't. You made a mistake because I'd never. I'm terrible at woodworking and if you keep me in this class, I'm not going to go to it. <laughs> <laughs> and this, I was like grade eight. Wow. Now, like, this is not happening. You can't make me. Yeah. I will skip school. I've never skipped school in my life and I'll do so happily. Oh, wow. And then, like, the call the parents, like, Tanner doesn't want to take good career. Like, hey, no. So why are you making them? <laughs> so I was able to get out of that. Situation done. Yeah. Situation not done, because next year, fill out my, my sheet again. <laughs> I take it into the office. Yeah. Get the times table next year. All right, again. Woodworking. The fuck? <laughs> this time, I didn't even wait for the office to contact my parents. I show my parents, like, they did it again. All three of us march into the office. <gasps> Take Tanner off the goddamn woodworking. They will burn down the school. <laughs> Deliberately. I mean, my final project, if you could call it that, the first time I took, well, first and only time I took woodworking, yeah. me and my dad ended up burning it in the fire pit as a sacrifice. <laughs> oh my god. That's fantastic. Anyways, so middle school, I managed to avoid woodworking after that. Go into high school. <laughs> Fill out the elective sheet. Get it back. <laughs> oh, Guess no. what's on there? Woodworking. And this is a completely different school now. <laughs> Did they just see the name Tanner Vogel saying on their list and it's like, oh yeah, he's a dude? God, I'm lucky they didn't stick me in like auto repair or something like that. Yeah, like... On the one hand, the one high school I went to did have a good auto program. Oh, I'm sure there are many high schools that have plenty of good auto programs. I'm sure my yeah. high school had a great auto program. The problem isn't the program. The problem is the fact that, yeah, I might have a fancy car now, but that's my dad's influence. When I What I look for a car is the capability to drive and lock the doors. Yeah. What I'm saying is I would have liked to have learned how to change a tire, not from my father. Yeah. But at least he tried. My dad's teaching method is show you once and then get you to do it on your own. Me, not even 100 pounds at the time, <laughs> trying to change a tire. 
So anyways, freshman year of high school, didn't have to do woodworking. Second year of high school, which one is that? <laughs> uh, that's sophomore. Sophomore. Actually, it would have been junior, though, because I did middle school. So my high school, no, I was, was only high school years? for 10, 11, 12. Okay. Yeah, similar to me, because my my middle school was uh, uh, 7, seven eight, 8, 9. nine. Yeah. yeah. And then 10, 11, 12. Yeah. See, I did uh, K2-3 in Regina, and then we moved to Calgary. Yeah. So I did grade 4 to 6 in elementary school. Then I did 7 and 8 in... No, I did grade seven in a middle school there, and then I did eight and nine in a different middle school because we moved inside Calgary. <laughs> and then I did 10 and 11 at a high, different high school, and then we moved back to Regina, and I did 12 at another high school. Yeah, mine was... So I went to a Catholic school first because they were actually really friendly with my mom. <laughs> a lot of this is because of my mother. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. She probably no. doesn't listen to this. <laughs> now, were they actually friendly, or did they take one look at Kim Mitchell and, like, recognize her from reputation and say, whatever she wants, she's <laughs> getting it? <laughs> I, From what I understand, while my parents were trying to pick out schools for me for kindergarten... Um, they went to the local public school and they were very rude. Like, they're like, oh, you have to book an appointment and you have to, like, pay this to get a tour of the school and then maybe we'll consider your daughter. Yeah. Oof. But then they go to the Catholic school and they're like, oh, yeah, come in at any time. We'll give you the tour. We'll do all of this. The principal at the time was a really cool guy who, like, when you were, like, a little kid, he had a Cookie Monster puppet. Aw. So he would come into class and do the whole Cookie Monster voice, and he would give you high fives on your birthday and all that. And he would, like, go up a little bit as you got older and taller. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I went there for about a year and a half because then Dad got his posting to Esquimalt on the West Coast. Okay. And we were living in Duncan, and I went to the one school because the school I was supposed to go to was full, and then I went to that other school, but then the bitch happened, and I got homeschooled for the rest of grade two and then the school board allowed me to, to go back to the um first school i was going to because they knew about the problem so i was there for grade two and then in grade three because the thing about the school is that it was a very tiny little school in a very tiny little town so they would move all of the kids at grade three to this other elementary school where you would go there for grades uh three four and five and then they built a new school, so I got moved. So we all got moved over to this new school because it had enough space for everybody uh, K to six. And then we moved again outside. <laughs> this was just like ourselves moving into a bigger house, but we were outside of the zoning area. Like we were on the other side of the valley, basically. Um, so I went to that school for the rest of grade six. And that's where Ryan discovered that he's allergic to uh, Scottish broom which is an invasive species in Victoria or okay. in, on Vancouver Island. It's uh, Scottish broom. It's this yellow plant. And oh, it, yeah. Shit ton of pollen. Yeah. So Ryan was being sent home constantly because his teachers thought he had pink eye when it was actually like allergies. Oh, my. We've got to move provinces before our son inflates <laughs> and dies. Yeah. So then I went to the local middle school, uh, was there for three years. Then I went to Cal High, um, which magical magical place in that this was the basically the ghetto school in an area full full of all of these like really bougie elite boarding schools oh no 
Because the thing about Vancouver Island is a lot of people who benefited from the British Empire retired there because of the nice weather. And they wanted to set up, like, the old public school system of England. God, so it's just old money every single place. I hate it. Like, we could kick their asses athletically because we had, like, the best (laughs) rugby team in the province for a good while. Well, yeah, because, like, all these other schools, like, oh, Jeffrey, oh, we'll do, like, a lovely little game of croquet. And then all your classrooms are like, ah, rugby! And then they just paint the floor with them. Yep. (laughs) We were also really good at basketball. I used to, like, help out with the scorekeeping. And there was this one night where we were just kicking, I think it was Brentwood's ass, and this one guy started a chant going, Start the bus! Start the bus! (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome. So, yeah, then we moved to Regina, and I spent grades 11 and 12 at our high school. Right. And that's where I met you. Indeed. Yes. My grade 11, no woodworking! Didn't, didn't see a lick of woodworking, so that was a plus. Um, I was supposed to take a home ec. Oh. Learn how to cook. Yeah. Uh, that's what I signed up for, because the rule was everyone had to take fashion and home ec. Okay. So, I haven't sewn anything in ages, but I feel like I could pick it up if I had to. Yeah. And then I'm going to take home ec in grade 11. Um, and then I get my timetable, and instead of home ec, it's this class called leadership. <laughs> and I'm just like what is leadership? Where is home ec? And then I find out from the teacher, it's like, well, I select the students I feel have the most potential and I put them in the leadership class and then we learn important life skills. So we learned jack all. Yeah. It's mostly volunteering. It wasn't even volunteering. So the first chunk of it was just planning intramurals. Oh, wow. And then like, that was only for like the first half of the year. Yeah. And then the second part was I don't know. Like, she didn't even show up for half the classes. I remember there was a full month where we just watched through the movie Pay It Forward and then talked about how we felt about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I feel like I would really love to know how an oven works, but I guess that's not happening. And, like, the, the idea was, well, when you take, in, when you're in grade 12, you can take home ec then, but I'm not in grade 12 at this. I'm moving now. Oh, God. But fortunately, at Knoll, I could actually take the classes I wanted so no woodworking, also no gym. That was a delight. Yeah, I would have taken gym, but they're like, oh yeah, you have to pay 125 bucks. And I'm like, why? I thought Gross. lockers were free. But I guess it's to pay for a bunch of other stuff that they'll take you on. Yeah, I mean, I guess gym does take a lot of equipment. Still, elective gym. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And you know what? Cowhide did spoil me a bit for gym because like we were across the street from the rec center so all we had to do is like sometimes the teacher was like hey let's go skating tomorrow nice just bring five bucks for rentals if you need a rental i so in grade oh gosh what grade was it what school was this hang on (laughs) it's been so long um was it bonus yeah so bonus in grade 11 you had the option of picking, like, there was electives inside of gym. Yeah. Like, everyone had to do some mandatory stuff. Like, everyone had to show up for the, the fitness test. Yeah. And stuff like that. But, like, after the first few weeks, like, you just got to pick your modules for that. Like, you got four, and I chose, like, the most low-impact ones. So, it was, like, I think I did square dancing, curling, 
disc golf and orienteering, which is just <laughs> reading a map. Yeah. So anyway, we were talking about kids being detectives. Were we? <laughs> um, so anyway, well, I... actually, Kate, t- sorry, talking about that stuff, and did he actually give me an idea for like one episode where a kid thinks that a teacher has it out for them because they keep trying to force them into classes that they have no interest in and aren't signing up for? Oh, yeah. And they have to, like, dig into the filing. They find, like, forged transcripts and, like, forged uh, sheets for the electives. Yes. (laughs) Oh. So there was an episode that was a parody of Gone in 60 Seconds. I'm sorry. I don't even know what that one's about. Uh, That was a Nicolas Cage movie from 2000. Ah, yes. And he, he shows up in a sports car. (laughs) <laughs> into some kind of highway witch. <laughs> it stars Nicolas Cage, Angelina Jolie, Giovanni Ribisi, Christopher Eccleston. The film is a loose remake of the 1974 H.B. Halecki movie of the same name. And Nicolas Cage plays a character called Randall Memphis Reigns. He sure does. <laughs> so basically most of the plots for the episodes would be parodies of well-known detective fiction, heist films, thrillers, that sort of stuff. Like, we could pull from Sherlock Holmes. We could pull from Law and Order. We could pull from... Well, they've already done a Silence of the Lamb episode. That was, like, the the pilot episode. Um, we would not be able to do Seven. Yeah. Uh, no, n- not the reason to think, because it's kind of already been done. Um, the well, Fine the Bros... Well, the Seven Deadly Sins theme is kind no, of... No, I'm talking... So, the Fine Bros, who run, um, the React channels on YouTube... Yeah. They also have, like, occasionally have done animated shorts that are, like, ratings-shifted versions of movies. So they had, like, <laughs> R-rated Wizard of Oz, and then they also had G-rated 7. Oh. Which, now that I know more about Fillmore, this was a parody of Fillmore as well. <laughs> now I gotta see that video, because they have to do that, what's in the box? Oh, yeah, and uh, Boston Tom, who is voicing the Brad Pitt character, he does it really well. <laughs> oh, wow. And, like, the Fine Bros content is devices amongst a lot of people just because of what it is, and, like, making kid stuff really edgy is kind of overdone, but when they do the, the other way around, take the yeah. R stuff and make it more G-rated, <laughs> allegedly G-rated, they also did Silence of the Lambs as a funny animal cartoon. <laughs> And it was funny, but also, mm, I don't think this is quite as G-rated as you think it is. Yeah! <laughs> but but the seven, the G-rated 7 was extremely well done. Okay. <laughs> now, a new thought just popped into my head. An episode that parodies Fight Club. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we'll go there. Now, now how do we make that? Because it has to be kind of silly and then be played completely serious. <laughs> Well, first of all, we're talking about, like, 15-year-old boys. Unless unless we do this, like, have you ever seen the video Jane Austen Fight Club? No. Okay, so imagine the characters of Jane Austen's works, but they're all secretly in a fight club. Yeah, that's pretty easy. They got a lot of pent-up stuff going on there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, like, on the surface, they have to pretend to be, you know, proper ladies and all that. So what if the fight club is in, like, is centered around the home at class. Oh yeah, I can dig that. <laughs> it's it's food fight club. Yes. <laughs> Make 
mix in a bit of Iron Chef, or just straight up tossing food at each other? Uh, <laughs> I like a bit of both. Um, tossing, so that they'd show up to the school in the middle of the night and they perform food fights because they'd never be able to get away with it during the day. Yeah, and then they're also make sure to clean everything up. But then one night they leave some evidence behind. <laughs> And, the, and then F Fillmore finds himself on the wrong side of the law because he's recruited to help them cover up their tracks. <laughs> yes. I can also envision Ingrid starting her own true crime podcast. Oh, that's... Pro no, it's probably the, the school newspaper. Yes. It's a podcast. And, and they're hounded by, like, a 1920s, like, shows up, he's got, like, the press cap, but instead of press, it just says podcasts. <laughs> Oh my god, there's an episode involving attempted murder and a cover-up. Actually? <laughs> so, episode 26. Guildenstern, the science department's tarantula mascot, has been poisoned, and the prime suspect, Eric Orban, has escaped into the city. Fillmore is given authority to go out into town and catch Eric, but he has to contend with a relentless opponent from his bad boy past, and a case that isn't as obvious as it seems. Okay, so that's not as dark as I was afraid. This isn't Degrassi. The middle school kids are not trying to actually kill each other. <laughs> Although, hey, that description did make me feel bad for a tarantula. Yeah. So, yeah, they've done parodies of serial killer cases by having the serial killer be someone who, like, destroys projects or vandalizes yeah. something. Um. Oh, Typhoid Mary. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that would... You know what? Fuck it. Let's... Let's not get too dark, but let, let's get, like, Degrassi, I guess? No, Typhoid Mary, but it's an anti-vax mom. Oh, no! We can we can have serious topics that are played serious, but also incredibly silly topics that are played serious. Yeah. Especially because, like, high school... You mentioned Degrassi, and I probably brought this up too, but Degrassi, like, their characters give equal weight to everything, from, yeah. like, terrible, life-changing events to your social media profile. <laughs> and, like, in there, it's usually played for drama, but Fillmore, we can play it for comedy. Yeah. Because that's like, the joke. And, like, the thing about teenagers is everything is overblown. Yes. Your problems are... Okay, some kids do have genuinely bad problems, but for the most part, a lot of the things that you think is the end-of-the-world problem isn't an end-of-the-world problem. Yeah, I think... But I think totally it should be somewhere in the vein of the, the we should we don't need to be treating this as serious as we do, but we will. Yeah. It can bring a nice levity to the serious stuff that high school's kids usually have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And I shouldn't be minimizing the problems that high school kids do go through because there's a lot of really gen genuinely bad problems. But as I said, sometimes it's all in your head. Yeah, well yeah, it's it's the thing is that Stuff that grown people are going to think is just silly and worthless. It affects you a lot in high school. And because high school is just kind of like this endless feedback loop. Yeah, and you don't really have a lot of other stuff going on anyway. Exactly. So it'd be good if Fillmore can kind of like hold up a mirror and help high school kids go, yeah, it's, it's kind of big, but also it is kind of silly. And they can pull themselves back. Prepare yourself for the real world by realizing... That as bad as things are now, like, you'll be able to find ways to cope with them. Yeah. You can handle this. It isn't as hard as you think it is. 
they've they've tackled bullies before. They've tackled blackmail and rumor mill stuff all the time. We could put like an espionage twist to some of this. Because <laughs> I was looking up The Third Man, which was a movie from the 40s. Um, it's a somewhat convoluted plot because it involves someone thinking that his friend's dead, but he's actually not. And there's a whole lot of back and forth all over post-war Vienna. Oh, great. Yeah. We can totally translate that into a high school setting. Yeah. We don't have to involve I, someone thinking that they're dead. Just like maybe they went to another school, but they're actually involved in stuff over here. And da, 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 da. And they've spent the entire time hiding inside the mascot costume. <laughs> yes. Um, like the original never had to deal with social media, so we can bring that in. We can, oh, yeah. we can have stuff about people being catfished. Yeah. We could also have like Fillmore and Associates have to catfish someone like go undercover. Yeah. Uh, we can deal with some, with a group of shitty teenagers trying to do prank videos, quote unquote prank videos, oh, like great. certain people. Oh, it's the influencers. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to call it YouTube, but like the in-world equivalent of YouTube, some particular community having drama and it kind of spills over into the real world. That, that feels almost too broad though. Like, okay. just just to cherry-pick an example, when book two drama happens, it's solely confined to, like, the datascape of social media. Mm. I don't see how that could spill out into a real-world high school setting. Unless, like, there's two booktubers, two rival booktubers attending the same school. Oh, that could work, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, with the prank stuff you mentioned, it could be that, like, the people you'd ex- like the people who keep doing all this prank stuff when the the school property gets vandalized they're immediately given the blame yeah and Fillmore has to try and clear their names yeah whether it turns out that they really did do it or not like their uh the reputation kind of takes a hit mm-hmm. or maybe it doesn't maybe it's a bittersweet ending where yeah yeah they may have been punished by the school but they got enough attention that their their YouTube channel is bigger than ever they're viral now yeah. And Fillmore is like, uh, someone's like, oh, you cracked the case to Fillmore. And Fillmore's like, did I? Or did I just set them up to make future cases later down the road? (laughs) And then a saxophone plays as we fade to black. Welcome to They, Them, Theirs, a monthly non-binary discussion podcast. We're here. We're queer. Let's talk about it. My name is Joe. And my name is Rain. We're non-binary, and once a month we sit down and we talk about gender. 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 (laughs) We talk about our experiences with gender expression, pronouns, and other parts of the trans and non-binary experience. We also talk about a lot of anime and music that we like and relate to. And our cats. Yeah. You can listen at theorangegroves.com or search They Them Theirs on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, take care, and remember, nice gender. So, Lindsay, is there anything else you can think of for uh, Fillmore the high school years? Um, let's Fillmore's declassified high school survival files? (laughs) (laughs) What if he did cross over with Ned? Ooh, that would be interesting. Um, so, oh, what was the thought I just had? Um, 
My favorite high school prank? Ah, uh, nah. That doesn't work. Oh, I thought you were about to tell me your favorite high school prank. Nah. No, the best one I ever saw was on Tumblr that one time with the kids in the robes going up and down the escalator or the the stairs and all that sort of stuff to the Gregorian chanting. <laughs> the best one I heard of was when the senior class at one of my high schools, um, they bought a bunch of lobsters. <laughs> oh, so no. This could already work. Yeah. They bought a bunch of lobsters and they, they made sure they kept the rubber bands on them. And then yeah. they just put them inside the vending machines. <gasps> oh, wow. So, like, you go to the vending machine, you'd get, like, a candy bar or whatever, you reach in, and there's a, just a lobster there. <laughs> that is awesome. Way better than, you know, just setting up cups all over the place. Yeah. Mars was so weak. We had drama kids. See, I wanted to just get a bunch of wacky-waving and fiddle arm-filling two men and set them <laughs> up in, like... In the main area. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is just, like, let's get all sorts of different detective media and see what we could pull for episodes. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because this is going to be, like, super episodic. Like, there might be a couple plot threads that we think, ooh, this is interesting, we could bring back this character, or we could bring back this in a future episode. Yeah, I think the biggest pl plot thread would be more character stuff, and it probably wouldn't rear its head until the final season, like, leading up to graduation, where Fillmore's like, I've defined my entire school career by upholding the law, but now what do I do now that I'm outside of high school? <laughs> Run a detective agency as your side hustle while you're attending university. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's still Veronica Mars! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Animated Veronica Mars. <laughs> So, Lindsay, where can you be found on the internet? I can be found at lindsaym476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A. Uh, that's my Twitter handle, and you can get to all of my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. And you can also find this very podcast at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Reboot You first, and it's pronounced Fillmore! <laughs> and you can find this very podcast at... Uh, not if I reboot you first on Instagram. That's not if I reboot you first, all one word. The hashtag is N I I R Y F, and it is pronounced. I'm gonna build a jacuzzi in your office. <laughs> Hold up, I need some context for that one. Um, the principal wants Ren to build a jacuzzi. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess I guess that makes sense given <laughs> what you've established about her. I mean, yeah. Teaching staff go through hell. Yep. But there's other better places to build your jacuzzi and your yoga studio. Now I'm just thinking of Muppets from Space. <laughs> we want you to build a jacuzzi. <laughs> we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash first. And if you want to donate us some money, you can get special stuff like bonus episodes, which we haven't uploaded yet, so we don't worry about that. But you also get episodes a few days early, and um, if you go there and you, you don't want to donate, you can still vote in the People's Choice Poll. Like, this episode was from the People's Choice Poll, and now the new two People's Choice Poll is probably up. That was a terrible take. Anyways, we also have a... What do we have? We have an email. 
at notifyrebootyourfirst at gmail.com. You can send us your comments, criticisms, critiques, um, your stories of terrible elective drama in high school and middle school. Or how your mother is a terrifying force of nature. <laughs> send us stories about how your mother sued the school. <laughs> My mother never did that, but I think the threat of Kimberly Alice Mitchell... She wanted to. Oh, Yeah. She just stands outside, like, the office window, like, doing the eyes, the eyes with the secretary, like, just give me, give me a chance. I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. Mom is basically Alice Cooper from Riverdale. <laughs> God, that is the best description of both your mother and Alice Cooper. I love you, Mom. Um, except she hasn't joined a cult yet. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Um... God, what else do we do? Um, rate us on your podcatcher of choice, and if we're not on your podcatcher of choice, let us know, and I'll try and get us on there. Um, the art, the the credits. Hang on, gosh, the spiel's gotten so long. I should actually write this out. Yeah. So I don't have to marathon through it. As always, our cover art is by Alex, aka Pachu. Her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music was created by Sean Clake. And if you wish to get some more stuff from him, you can contact us and we'll send you his contact info. Lindsay, what do you like him for next week? Yes. Reality is a prison. Your mind can set you free. Are we doing Snyder bullshit? Maybe. <laughs> No, the, but the, but you you know what the show is. When we get to it, it's going to be my bullshit. Yeah. So we'll be talking about that next week, but not if we reboot you first. Bye. Um, are you able to line up your microphone? Like, I have, yeah, directly in front of you. Okay. Then you don't have to have your head at a weird angle <laughs> while okay. you're reading. My head's always at a weird angle. That's why I, like, crick and crack my neck so much. Well, that's fine, as long as the weird <laughs> angle still lines you up with the microphone. <laughs> at least you're not like your brother where every time he turns his head, I'm afraid he's just going to snap <laughs> his neck and die. <laughs> His neck is mostly petrified wood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cranky.